Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. Anyone who's out there trying to find me again, that's Bizarro, like Bizarro Superman, just two Zs, two Rs. And you can find us also at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs on Instagram. And I appreciate everyone listening the last few podcasts, all the fans and everyone wanting to ask questions of the entrepreneurs and of myself as well, um, that you're doing it through DMs on Instagram because it's just a lot easier to work with everyone. That's how I reach out to people to be on the podcast. That's how I communicate with the fans of the podcast too. It's just easier for me. And I know a lot of people use Facebook too because I'm private there. That's like my closer friends and there's a lot of us, but I'm more influenced there. So that being said, Instagram is just the way to get to me publicly. So I appreciate all that. I can't get through all the questions and I apologize. I didn't answer all the ones that were at the Justin at better with bacon fat email because I just, again, I'm trying to streamline my life and I, and when I'm talking about threads in life, it's easier to keep one communication trail email for one email account and then Instagram for my public life, really, because I've created a public life whether I like it or not, because all I wanted to do originally was create a podcast for food entrepreneurs in a small space, particularly in Georgia, to gain skill at presenting their business and thriving and becoming entrepreneurs. I had no idea what it was going to become or what it has now become. And it's been a lot of bumps in the road. So I appreciate everyone's uh, patience with that. So I'm going to introduce our guest and then I'll answer some of the questions. So today I have with us Brady Osterman of Gambinos from Littleton, Colorado. How are you doing today, Brady? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to hold Brady here because today is actually a pretty special episode because as I've gotten better at this and I've become more comfortable and my life has transitioned out of my family business and into my own personal businesses and starting things on my own and digging deep as um, deep as F I promised I'm trying to prove that I have the discipline to not cuss on podcasts um, for a fan that says I have no discipline to do so. So I think I did. So last time I'm going to try to do so this time. So no more cussing on the podcast. I'm also think it's better that I don't for me personally right now. So in negative energy. So I try to only do it unless I'm excited and it's positive. So anyway, that being said, is I really, the energy of the world is is truly amazing. And so the reason I do the podcast or the reason I've done it is no. So to answer the question, no, I don't make money off the podcast. I've never made money off the podcast. I've done it because I believe it's the right thing to do. And I believe to keep obtaining what I have and the success that I have in life and the transformations that I'm given in life and the transitions that I have to give back what I've been given. So in order to do that, all the success, all the 24 years of being a food entrepreneur, the money, the relationships, the success personally, you know, I feel that I have to give back. And what everyone doesn't see is there's 24 years of hard work, not partying like everyone else, not doing what everyone else did, refocusing my my focus on what friend groups I had or what relationships I had. So it was never easy. So what this was is I know how hard it is. I've been doing it my whole life. I was born to be an entrepreneur. Like I knew it from the day I was born. 
I can remember. So I had to have been from the day I was born. I knew it. I had an attraction, hopped on a tractor, started driving, couldn't even reach the pedals at three years old, convincing my parents to get me to do the lawn tractor, and then eventually convincing them to pay me to drive it around at three and four years old to mow the farm. And then eventually the big tractors. And then I start selling the neighbors and doing that stuff. So that's why. Because if I can spark that and what was sparked in me and everyone else and let them know it's okay to be born that way and follow your dreams, then that's why I do the podcast. So that's the answer to why not make money. Or no, I don't make money. And your next question was why don't I if I don't? Because I don't want to monetize it. And in my personal relationships, wow, you should hear how many people are wanting me to monetize it and think I should just make money off it. That's short term, guys. If you're an entrepreneur, you can't think short term. Entrepreneur is chess game. This is not a short term thing with me. This is to make a difference with legacy, with entrepreneurship, with fighting for the American dream or any dream in any country long after I'm gone. So sorry, not here for the short-term money. I can make money. I know how to do that as an entrepreneur. I don't need to do it by interviewing other people on the podcast and exposing them. It's just not my thing. Sorry, because in my personal opinion, I also grow as much from them, like people like Brady, as they do from me, okay? And I'm a super pollinator, right? I'm a super pollinator, positive person. That's who I am. And have I had points in my life where I've been really negative or surrounded myself with the wrong group of people or put myself in a wrong area that I shouldn't have been? Of course I did. I'm a risk taker. Happens all the time. It's whether or not I can figure out how to get out of it. And I always know that no matter when I get out of it, no matter if I hit a bottom, I always know how to superhero my way back up. So that's what I'm trying to do with the podcast. Um, I went on a little bit long there on answering it. But I will answer this question too because it is asked. No, I don't drink alcohol. I have not drinking alcohol in almost four years. And it's not, it's somewhat to do with my something that happened in the childhood, which if you guys want to listen to Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, you can figure it out there. I'm not going to point it out. You should go get educated there on leadership also. And the new ones that are coming out that are really awesome, where I've refocused things the last four months on energy and positivity and and real leadership and the things that I went through transitioning my life over the last four year, uh, four months. And so anyway, four years, but over the last, since I was 30 years old, I probably maybe had 25 times that I've drank that entire decade. Um, and now four years, I haven't had one. And it's, it's really about this, okay? Because the question was asked is 75 hard. I started not wanting, I was like, it's messing with my energy. It's messing with my connection. And when I would drink, I'd fall, feel like my energy, I had trouble connecting for a day or two with my businesses, with the people around me. It's like, I would all of a sudden unplug from the world around me. I don't know why that's just what happened to me. And 75 hard put it in me that I don't need it. I can excel. Okay. That doesn't mean that I don't still go out to bars or go out partying or do whatever, I just feed off the energy instead of alcohol. And I do it, and I have a way better time, and I'm up the next day kicking ass before everyone else and ready to do it the next night. And so that's part of being in the food business and entertainment business and the podcast business now. Like, your hours are just all over the place. So I rely on energy. I also, the question that followed up is, I live in Colorado, so do I smoke marijuana? Okay, so I'm probably going to lose a bunch of listeners, but yes. And does it 
unplug me? No, it plugs me in more because what it does for me is as a person like me, I'm way, I'm an entrepreneur. I was born with anxiety. And while the world's telling me not to have anxiety, it's what made me successful. But what I also, what I need in order to think big and calm my thoughts down and anxiety is I need that calming. So yes, I use marijuana. I know everyone's going to be mad. I'll probably get searched on a bunch of flights now because someone will listen to podcasts. I don't have any. I don't carry it with me. It's not like that. What it is like, though, is it expands your mind. So I focus on the things that work for me. Maybe it works differently for you. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what worked for me. Okay? And if anyone wants to know, I am 42 years old, about to be 43 years old. I feel I like... And at this age, most people would be trying to figure out how to retire or do they have enough money or what's the next thing or whatever. And I get all of those things. They're important. But for me, I'm still maxing out my potential. I've only just begun. And like what my family life looks like and what my business life look like, it's only begun. But I figured out how to harness the energies in my life, the way, what foods I eat. Because I am a food entrepreneur and I've been doing healthy food in hospitals for 24 years. I understand it and I really understand how it, how it functions in the human body, particularly my own. So what we're going to try to do here on this podcast a little bit more is tie a little bit more into what are the underlying things that make you a truly successful entrepreneur, not just a food entrepreneur, because a food, an entrepreneur is a successful person. Let's just, number one, say that it's not a sole proprietor, but we want to get into that. So let's talk to our guest, Brady. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm in a beautiful backyard at an Airbnb in Florida for a little weekend getaway ride with some friends. So not a complaint. That's awesome. So what, um, tell me your journey, Brady, because we've heard Austin, we went back to number one uh, episode, I mean, part one, if anyone's listened in. And so that's your business partner. But we understand that this sort of came out of your idea. and, And, and you guys have formed a partnership. So I talked for like nine minutes on this thing. Everyone doesn't want to hear me talk anymore. So I want to hear your story. I want to hear about you. I want to hear what drives you. So I'm going to give you the mic. um, And then, you know, I'll enter in some questions when you're ready. But I really want to give you the floor for a while because I've already talked to you at the beginning and I just feel your energy. So let's hear your story, dude. Awesome. Well, I'm going to try not to ramble on too much. But uh, you mentioned the the tractor story when you were four years old wanting to mow the lawn and when you said that, that totally hit home for me because, um, you know, definitely came into this world <clears throat> wanting to be an entrepreneur and just kind of having that drive just from the get go. And um, I grew up on five acres in Northern California for the beginning beginning part of my life. And we had, a, you know, a ton of grass and we had a rider mower, love driving vehicles, riding motorcycles, all of that stuff. So I asked my dad if I could mow the lawn. He said, bud, if you can figure out how to start the lawnmower, you can mow the lawn. And it has those weighted seats. So I would, I would stand on the brake. And yep. as soon as I would turn the key, I would jump back against the seat. Yeah, so the, it went shut off. <laughs> the rider, yeah, yeah, to get the rider mower started. Um, since then, you know, um, I grew up with both my parents definitely being entrepreneurs. Um, when we moved from California to Arizona, they opened <clears throat> a retail store. Um, so I got to see their journey with that, working together. Um, Following that, my dad opened a sushi restaurant, 
So that is kind of what got me into the food world and seeing both the front end and the back end of that, you know, busting tables when I was 12 years old. Um, <clears throat> and then as far as myself personally, um, after I graduated high school and then also in high school, I was the guy doing, you know, multi-level marketing companies. I was installing everybody's yeah. stereo at the I, high school. Just, I did that as well. The multi-level marketing when I was in college, for sure. As a, as a side hustle while I was also doing food service partners and going to school, I friggin' did that. Go on, dude. I love your story. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I, I'm not against them. They, uh, it's, it's a definitely a, a hard industry, but the people that you surround yourself with and, the conventions and the guest speakers that they bring in. I mean, I got to listen to Darren Hardy, Donald Trump, some pretty incredible people. Um, so it's really just, you know, I, I definitely believe in putting yourself in an environment to grow or being around people that uh, you aspire to be like, people that have things that you don't yet have but want to have. Um, so that definitely helped me a lot. Um, <clears throat> following that, I mean – my dad was definitely pushing me towards the college route, you know, security. Um, I think really it came down to him wanting to have peace of mind that I was good um, and kind of taken care of. So, you know, told him pretty much going into high school, I was like, I really don't want to go to college. I don't think that's the route for me. I really <clears throat> aspire to just do my own thing, whether I have a business partner or whether, you know, it's a sole proprietorship and I'm doing something completely by myself. And uh, he's like, all right, well, I want a game plan. What's your game plan after school? So I told him, you know, I'm going to go and try everything that I think I might want to do for a long period of time, AKA a career. And, you know, if I come to a point doing that job that I don't like it, I'm, I'm going to go to the next opportunity. Um, and you know, he's, I'm grateful that both my parents have been supportive of, um, me kind of doing this roller coaster of a journey. And, uh, that led me to, moving out to Colorado to do door-to-door -door sales for a roofing company, did that for a while. Um, you know, I've had over, I counted the other day with my friend, I've had over 24 different jobs, um, not including like side hustles, like multi-level marketing, stuff like that. So um, definitely worked in just an array of different industries. Um, and then another thing, you know, <clears throat> I think the best thing that I've done for myself is moving getting out of my comfort zone, moving out of my hometown pretty much right when I graduated high school. Um, I was never scared to restart. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, you had mentioned <clears throat> if you hit rock bottom, <clears throat> people end up kind of getting stuck there and, you know, you're able to pull that superpower um, out of yourself to yeah. bring yourself back. Up. Yeah. Let me pause so, you right there for a second, Brady, because I just, I'm so, so sorry. I want you to keep going, but you hit a point that I think is so important and this really beautiful person, like uh, speaking of energy, like this beautiful energy of this person I met, um, like a, about a week and a half ago now. Um, one of the things, she, a question she asked, like it was just so enticing is if I had to leave or my house burned down, what is the one thing in there? I only had one thing that I could take with me. And it's a lot. And she was so surprised by my answer because it's, if it's a thing you know, and no one gets hurt or my animals don't get hurt, there's only one thing I can think of, which is my friend's dog tags. Other than that, everything is replaceable. And even photos and stuff, everything's digital now. So it's like everything's replaceable. And we can move our lives, but we are so scared 
to move. And I think what you said is hugely important. I've never been scared to move. I've never been scared to move. And I didn't realize that until you said it. And she had asked me the question the other day, but I'm bold and I'll go where the adventure is. And if the energy or God, however you want to look at it, is is aligning my will with his will or the energy's will, um, I go in that direction. And I find massive success both in relationships and with business, guys. Like, I can't tell you how important it is what Brady just said. But anyway, go on, Brady. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't have said that any better. Um, yeah, yeah, if you get out of your comfort zone and you have that willpower, I mean, you will attract what you the people that you need to meet, the opportunities. So, um, let's see. From Colorado, I was out there for about a year and a half. You know, I was 17 years old. Um, ended up transitioning from door-to-door sales into, like, an automotive shop. Was a service advisor. Got my car sales license. Kind of checked out that whole world. Um Ended up moving back to Arizona to just save up some money, get my feet under me. Decided to go out to California to get my real estate license. Um, you know, just kept learning and learning and putting myself in in new environments and new people. And following that, was out there for about a year and a half, two years. Um, an investment slash work opportunity kind of arose um, that ironically took me back out to Arizona. So growing up, I was in California until about eight years old. Moved out to Arizona, was in Arizona until I graduated high school. Um, and then I've just kind of beat bop between Colorado, Arizona, and California. So from California, that work opportunity took me back to Arizona. I was in Arizona for another year and a half, two years. And then ironically, um, the company asked, you know, hey, are you interested in helping us expand? I said, totally. They said, all right, Colorado, Nevada, or, or Texas. And I said, you know, I was really young in Colorado. I didn't get to really experience it. Didn't have enough money to buy, you know, a snowboard season pass and all that stuff. So I was just drawn back out to Colorado. Um, And then I guess we'll kind of fast track. Um, I'm into cars, trucks, motorcycles, kind of the action sports world, definitely an adrenaline junkie. And that's how I ended up meeting Austin, uh, my current business partner for the restaurant. So... Um, there was definitely some things that attracted me as far as partnering with him, uh, with the restaurant stuff. And it was just, you know, I personally didn't have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account to go and chase this idea, um, and make it happen. So Austin had reached out to me and said, Hey man, what was that that thing you were doing a couple weeks ago? And I said, you know, I'm going to do it regardless. So let's go meet up, grab some coffee and talk and, um, moving forward, me and him ended up both selling, you know, I sold a truck and a trailer. He ended up selling a wakeboard boat and we both went 50, 50, put some money in a bank account and, and got this thing rolling. So, um, <clears throat> we definitely balance each other out really well. And, uh, just the willingness that, you know, he, he was willing to sell a boat. I was willing to sell a truck kind of showed that we both had skin in the game and, and we're going to give this thing a hundred percent effort. Um, he also has a successful, Retail story sells pro scooters and bicycles, BMX bikes, you name it. Um, so seeing that he was already in the retail brick and mortar space and has been successful on his own with that for, gosh, I think like seven years, um, was definitely attractive. Hey, let me pause you right there again, Brady. I'm sorry. But one of the things that I want to point out also is like relationships are very important, whether they're personal or business. And 
something that you said there and you guys did naturally, which is why I know you guys have good energy. I also know by the adrenaline junkie in the motorsports that you have good energy. And I'll explain this later in the podcast. And I just want everyone to listen in because this is going to be the whole essence and ethos of this podcast is how to capture this energy and adrenaline to turn you into a super entrepreneur. But the, the thing about it is these relationships we choose and how we set them up at the beginning determine everything. So by nature, you guys both went skin in the game. It was 50-50. You both put in the money. It made the relationship very very easy. You both believe in the project so much so you're willing to sell stuff to do it, okay? It is that simple. And because both Austin and Brady just have good energy and they're positive people and they've grown up in entrepreneurship and stuff like that, they have an understanding and they just applied something to food that's literally atypical to food for some reason. Food people tend to jump in and worry about the rest later. But the reality is, is you need to understand what your partnership is. And to go back to one more thing, in your personal relationships, it's the same thing. It's always interesting to me when people are in relationships and they're like, oh, I didn't know about this, okay? It's one thing not to know about it. It's one thing to change your mind and say, oh, I knew about this, but now I changed my mind in the relationship and I, I grew as a human and this relationship doesn't fit me anymore. The other one is, is to not ask the questions at the beginning and set up the relationship to succeed, okay? So what Brady just showed is both from a business standpoint and can easily be translated into your personal lives. All the young entrepreneurs out there listen to this who ask me the questions about love and, and whatever, and I'm just like, it's complicated, okay? Especially as an entrepreneur, especially someone who lives off of adrenaline that comes from entrepreneurship and the rest of life and someone who f flows so much with the positive energy. So the thing is this, the beginnings are just ask questions of each other, have the curiosity in business and in your personal relationships. So anyway, Brady, I love that point. So go on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> man. So, uh, yeah, thankfully me and ship were, we were friends, uh, about a year and a half prior to getting into the business together. So we did have a, a good solid foundation with each other. We kind of knew who each other were as, as people, um, before getting into this. So that, that definitely helps. Um, and then also, you know, keeping into consideration with a business partner is, is balance. I'm a, I'm a big dreamer optimist and yeah, me too. chips me too. and, and chips definitely more level headed. So when we were getting into this thing, man, I was like, Oh my gosh, we can do a food truck. We could do this. We could do that. And, and, and chips definitely the, the, the partner out of the two of us that can kind of pull the reins back and, and say, Hey man, let's slow down a little bit, you know? Um, and we definitely went into this thing not knowing, you know, granted my dad owns a restaurant. I grew up in the restaurant industry a little bit and have definitely taken tidbits and a lot of pointers from him and, and him kind of giving us some oversight, but neither me nor Chip knew what the heck we were doing when we got into this thing. Yeah. And if you were to sit down and just write on a piece of paper, everything that we had to do, I mean, it would have been pretty damn intimidating. I don't know if we would have done it. So when you want to go do something, just start just one thing at a time. And, you know, when you get to that finish line, obviously with 2020 vision hindsight, you could have done a lot of things better, but you're not going to know until you just start and just do yeah. it. It's and just it's one thing at a time. It's interesting because I'm literally 24 years, like I said, in a business and literally broken into pieces, reset, 
some doing one thing, some doing another. I'll get into that later. But one of the things I've learned is that life is about second first. And I, it really occurred to me, I heard this on the radio last night, and I want to, B-Dub is the radio host of KYGO. I'll just give him a plug for free um, here in Denver. And it's one of the greatest country stations. Like, I love it. I love the way they format it. I love this guy, B-Dub, and the way he interviews the artists. And he was doing Tyler Hubbard last night, which I thought was so essential to where I am right now. Like, okay, like, how did I just happen to listen to this interview right now? And this is the thing it said, which is essential in everyone's life, is like he was part of Florida Georgia Line. Now he's solo. So he's having a lot of second firsts as a solo artist, like, but he's doing it smarter. Like the, the, the career smarter, the way he balances his family, even though he didn't have any family the first time, but he balanced his life and the discipline. So when you get these opportunities and what Brady's talking about here, he's already had all this experience. What Gambino's is, is another second first of life that he was able to execute in a way. So I think this is really a good point and something I'm going to use in my life because when he said it, it's so true. We get second first, like we get a lot of tools in life and sometimes we need to hit the reset or we need to move or life changes for us and we have to go for second first. So go on Brady. So you guys come up with the idea. How'd you come up with the idea of Gambino's? Like we've heard Austin's version, but let's hear your version of like the idea and the inspiration and, and why start with spaghetti and so on and so forth. Oh, totally. So I'm probably going to obviously repeat some things that Austin's already said. I'm gonna, I've listened to the podcast several times, so I'm going to try my best to not repeat a bunch of stuff and kind of give you guys some new tidbits. But it was uh, a normal day for me. My dad called me out of the blue and said, bud, I think I just came across the next Taco Bell. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, book a flight out here. I'm going to do this thing. Um, so fast track, he comes across the concept, um, ends up opening a place in Northern Arizona and, you know, calls me and he said, I think this might be something that you want to consider doing. Um, come down here for a couple weeks, help me run the place and, uh, see what you think. So I went back down to Arizona for a couple weeks, um, helped him out at the spot, you know, everything from going and getting supplies to running the register to running the kitchen, just kind of, you know, A through Z to make sure I had a good solid foundation um, to where if this was something that I wanted to do, I could then kind of give somebody the pitch on it, the whole, the full pitch deck start to finish, how we're going to do this thing, uh, the simplicity. So um, watching my dad open a restaurant and knowing how much it costs. And I mean, he was in there every single day for gosh seven years i think until he was comfortable enough to really kind of step away from the place and let the place yeah. operate on its own yeah um and i think just naturally um kids don't want to do what their parents do yeah. i might be wrong but i tried my entire life to steer as hard away yeah. or as far away from the restaurant industry I, oh my god me too dude it's like i try to stay away from the business that my parents were in well which was farming and food and so anyway go on brady yeah so just funny funny the way the world works um i'm 26 right now i'm still pretty young in my eyes um <clears throat> and yeah this opportunity came about and this is what segued me back into the food industry and kind of the world that I grew up in. So, um, I guess what really attracted both myself and then chip to the concept is 
the way that our kitchen is set up and, and the cost to open the place, we, we have no hood system because we have no open flame, no grease, nothing like that. So Love it. So to no get, expense. To get, yeah. To, I mean, a hood system, you're, you're talking $100,000. Yeah, so they're ridiculously to, expensive. It, insane. So to get that major cost out of the opening factor of the restaurant was a huge deal. And then following that, just as a really point, don't... Brady, I want to emphasize this: when we built and designed restaurants, as a company we had uh, called Colequip uh, for food service partners, back in the day, like for the nine or ten years we built restaurants, we'd make all the money off the hoods. They were the largest part of any restaurant project. Anyway, go ahead. I just wanted to emphasize your point. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally. Anybody listening, when you go into a restaurant, I mean, a hibachi grill is a great thing to look at. When you walk into that place, look. Really look at the hood systems in there. It's, it is no joke. So that was really the one, the first thing that really attracted, obviously, my dad, because when he came across the concept, he was like, oh, my gosh, bud, there's, there's no hood system, no grease trap. Those are two of the biggest expenses of opening a place. I hate the grease so, traps. Those grease traps, man. You're hitting all the ones. I love this. Keep going. Yeah. Um, so we do, we do have a grease trap. Um, it is a small above ground grease trap. Um, I actually personally cleaned it out the first time. It was not in, uh, an enjoyable task yeah, no, whatsoever. It's no, it's the worst. It's like cleaning. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it to anyone who lives in a house, but yeah, it's be like um, your garbage disposal getting clogged up with food and having to clean it out. That's how bad it is. That's the closest thing yeah. I can think of, but I don't know if anyone's ever experienced that. Yeah, and it's probably worse than that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. nasty. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I guess, yeah, as far as opening the place, costs and stuff, those were the two most attractive things because we're like, holy cow, we can do this for relatively cheap. Um, and, you know, I'm an open book. We're, you, could, you could do one of these locations for roughly $100,000. Um, and the way that the numbers are looking, you – you should get your initial investment back within six to eight months, yeah. which is a, a damn fast return on a restaurant. You know, your typical restaurant, you're not in the green until five years. They say a, a lifetime of a restaurant is five years. So when, when people are looking into the restaurant industry and opening a restaurant, the numbers definitely are not attractive. They're a little intimidating. Um, so, yeah. Uh, cost to open the place was very attractive. The simplicity of both the front end and the back of back end of this place. We only have two food vendors that we really use. So just simplicity, simplicity, keep it simple, stupid. There's, you know, if you have your typical sit down, big restaurant, they have five plus different vendor accounts, um, ordering from all over the place. There's a lot more stuff to keep track of. Um, and then the third thing would be, it's a takeout restaurant. There's no seating inside our location whatsoever. So that gets rid of, you know, servers, a dishwasher, a dishwashing machine, just so much hecticness. And it takes us, we close at 10 p.m. We're out of there at 10, 15, 10, 30 at the latest. If you were closing up your typical restaurant, you were going to be in there for at least an hour after you close those doors to get that place shut down correctly. Yeah, can I and I want to talk about this because everyone knows if you're already in the food business, but anyone who's getting into it, the typical thing in food is that the prep time and the post time 
is literally twice as much as the actual time you get to make money. So when he's talking 15 minutes, think about how long his store's open and how much less time that they're spending post and prep, they're in deliveries and all of this stuff. Because even in fast food, yes, the prep's done on the fly and done right there. So, but what you don't see is all the prep's also done in mass productions in a central commissary that ships it all to the fast food places. So it's prepped beforehand and there's lots of labor that goes into all those times making the taco shells at Taco Bell or the burger buns at Burger, at burger King or the burgers actually at McDonald's. They're pre-produced, right, with lots of prep. And so this is what I'm talking about. So when you're opening a small restaurant in a small entrepreneur space, you have so much more prep time compared to your sell time just because the nature of the beast, particularly if you're trying to open a a restaurant restaurant. And so um, I like this. So let's talk more about this. So, I mean, are you guys going to franchise? I mean, how? Well, actually, let's go back for a second. Let's just pause. Before, because I do want to answer that question, but I want to talk about this. You talked about the action sports, and you talked about the adrenaline. And talk to me about the drive that drives you as a human, Brady. What is it that pushes you to keep moving, to try new things, to to do the entrepreneur space? Because it's not just like, oh, I just had this idea to do this one thing. This is in your nature. This is who you are. So, what's the driving thing behind all of it? What's your ethos? Man, I am naturally just a dreamer. I, You know, you're only on this planet as far as we know one time, and I want the most out of life for myself and the people around me, my family, my friends. So that is that is really ultimately what drives me. Um, my parents are divorced, so I would love to buy my mom a big ranch with a barn and horses and all that stuff. So, um yeah, everybody has those personal things in life that drive them, but naturally I just came into this world wanting the most that I could get out of it. I mean, you and I are so similar. I weirdly feel that our paths crossed um, at the right time, and I've been having this a lot lately. Like, all of a sudden, like, as I'm going through stuff and I've eliminated a lot of the negative energy in my life and the wrong surroundings just because of being in a family business... Um, and you don't always get to make all the choices or the staff choices and it can lead to things that don't match with your energy. So that's one. Number two is I grew up on a horse farm, like quarter horses, you know, Western English, you know, barrel racing, you know, um, reining, all of that stuff like holds a very special place in my heart. And if soccer hadn't grabbed me so hard, you know, horses are still a big thing to me. It's not a part of my life now. And, you know, and the family farm is no longer there. Um, My parents sold it recently. And so there's things like that that I think is so important. But living that dream, like the thing for your mom is so huge and having that inspiration, that's one. Two, knowing why you're doing what you're doing is hugely important. And I like it. Like, I agree with you. We only live once. Why not maximize everything? I I just, and the more I surround myself with people that are reaching for the sun and the stars is like this new thing that's totally in my head and pollinating the world with their life. Like I do, it's like we have a great task ahead of us. Like we don't know it, but our purpose is so great. What we've been given because by nature, most people don't break through their own mental barriers or the barriers everyone else put on them to be dreamers. 
to be dreamers that also go out and execute on the dreams, you know, or are so afraid that they're going to die not regretting what they didn't do, that they're out there doing it. And if there's something significant or their life changes or a relationship changes and it's not matching it, they know that they have to transition their life towards something. They take, like I just said, their buddy's medal and they move on to the next part of their life. They take what's most important to them. My friend died in Iraq, so his, his dog tags, other than the animals that I have and family, there's nothing else in the home that I could be like, oh, you know, I'd lose. So it's like, that's it. But that's really what we're talking about here. Okay, it's the ability to know that you're going to be okay no matter what. And that life and positivity is so much about the failure. And here's what I know. And I, sorry, Brady, I just want to talk about this. Confidence and the confidence that Brady has. How many times, if you look at Brady's Instagram, he's popping wheelies on his, on his motorcycle. He's a badass dude. That same adrenaline is what's driving him, and he's harnessing it. He just doesn't understand that he's on the path of using triggers, like snapping your fingers or pounding on a table, to start translating that same adrenaline into his entrepreneurship so he can take Gambinos to the next level. But that's what we're going to talk about here, and I'm going to talk about right now. Okay? Because we as humans give off energy, a lot of it. And when we surround ourselves with humans that give off the same positive energy. I'm not talking about like-minded humans. You don't have to agree with my politics. You don't have to agree with who I am. You don't have to agree with anything. I'm just talking about there's an energy about both of us that's positive and it's pollinating the world. Okay. And in that pollination, there is a connection that most likely we agree on most things in life, whether or not it's directly the same politician or not, doubtful, always, but a lot of the time, our basis of life, how we want to raise children, how we would want our relationships to be, or whatever, is is the way it is, okay? I don't have children of my own, and I'm not married. So those are the things that, you know, whatever, I've helped, you know, raise two stepchildren, so I really like the idea of raising humans and the growth of humans, so I get it, but as an entrepreneur, I grow humans with every moment of my essence. And so... This is what I'm going to say. When we take that positive energy that we feel, it's adrenaline, okay? I can trigger it with music. I'm really good at triggering it with music. I can trigger with music and change my mood and change my attitude and know whatever. I can, I don't know why, but it's, it's just something that came to me. I didn't always know how to harness it or that I could use it to my benefit, I didn't always know that my adrenaline for playing soccer or my adrenaline for my four-wheeling or my adrenaline for any chance it snows in Colorado taking my jacked-up F-150 and fucking doing donuts everywhere I can and fucking like I did back in the ranch when I was a kid and just being fucking wild, climbing trees, whatever it is. And by the way, I hate to say this, and I know I'm going to get a lot of questions and feedback, but that's part of being a man also. And you should harness being a man and demonstrate being a man and being wild and being adventurous and being not scared to take the risks in life. If you want to ask the girl out, go ask the girl out. You want to go start Gambinos like Brady did, go start Gambinos. Figure out a way to do it. So really cool what you said there. Thank you. Not what you were just saying. Really the way I look at it is it's your inner child. When you get those adrenaline rushes, think back to when you were younger 
you're really just doing the stuff that the young you likes and enjoys and that's what lights you on fire that's why i ride motorcycles and do all that stuff is i grew up doing that that's what i love and that's my reset that's what kind of gets me back in my zone so don't yeah don't settle for less make sure that you continue to do what what lights you on fire personally whether that's music going to shows motorcycles whether you're a dancer like you know be a kid have fun enjoy life yeah and this is the thing i and i love dancing too and music and i wish i grew up with a musical talent i did not it was not encouraged in my family like hard work entrepreneur business sports nose down hard work you know that was what was encouraged. Um, not always efficiently, by the way. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Then when we're talking about doing things different than our parents, I see a generation of farmers also trying to do things different than their parents. It isn't hard work at the, for the sake of hard work isn't always the best way. Let's just talk about that and getting that out of the mindset of the entrepreneur on the podcast. But it's... Um, <clears throat> yeah, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And what you did with your business is that, so this is what I want to emphasize. Like this energy that you have is what led you to conquer things and do things that most people wouldn't do because it's atypical or they can't fathom not having a hood. Okay. Like uh, most restaurants or food entrepreneurs can't fathom not frying something or having a griddle. And so this is very important that the modern day entrepreneur with the tools that we have in our hands, especially the ones living in America with the American dream and what we have and what's happening to the American dream and the entrepreneurs here and big business. We've created big, big business in food, guys. Really, really big business, especially in our supply chains and especially in our food service, okay? And I'll just say this, just to prove what I'm doing here, and I wouldn't normally talk about this because this that's first century and leadership time, but... Brady and I are connecting here and I'm going to instill something in Brady so he continues to use this adrenaline and energy for positivity everywhere, but with a greater purpose, okay? And that is this, okay? Every food service, whether it's university, hospitals, or whatever, is mostly controlled by a French company in this world, okay? That's one company partnered with the French government and we know how the French run their companies and they control a majority of our food service in this country and a majority of the food in this country in the united states goes through food service that's why i was in the business because i knew where the greatest opportunity was and the french owned that sector almost did it again almost did it again and i would have had to start all over another podcast just so like, and then the other thing is, is you got to look at who owns the supply companies, who owns the U.S. foods, the Cisco's, the PFG's, who actually owns these companies. I guarantee you it's not an American company. Okay. Another problem with the food chain in America. Okay. Let's look at our f- seafood and our pork or now our vegetables, especially frozen. Where are they coming from? China. Guys, we have a duty as entrepreneurs to not only build our businesses, it's still creativity and still dreaming and still entrepreneurship and instill the American dream and that reminding everyone around us, hey, why are you here again? Oh, Justin, you, you boat, Ellis Island, long detention, shitty times in Bronx on Arthur Avenue, you know, to get to me to have the opportunity to have the life that I have and the wealth and success that I have took generations, my grandparents 
And I don't forget that. And I will not waste it, even though maybe there's other people in my family that do. Okay, so what I'm instilling in Brady and what I'm instilling in the audience and entrepreneurs is your purpose. You need to understand that your business will be uber successful when you ride that adrenaline because that kid-like energy that we're talking about is actually positivity. And we need it because dreaming big, chasing our dreams, opportunity, we were allowed to do that as humans as entrepreneurship came about. Okay, as a renaissance happened, that's why there was a renaissance. If we study history, I know most people don't do or pay attention to history anymore. It's pretty important. We as humans didn't really become creative until the renaissance. Okay, where we started to think outside the box, where maybe our brains had developed, but we didn't think. And maybe it was instilled by Jesus Christ because he started thinking outside the box and being a true individual leader for humans and animals first. Okay, but I'm just saying it takes time and it takes generations to spread light. And we're in a generation right now where we have tools in our hands. We have people like Brady that are you're getting an audience. And I love what you're doing with the motorcycles and your business. And it's all part of who you are and your ethos as an entrepreneur. And I want you to turn up the volume. You know, I'm going to encourage you to do it. It's already loud, but turn it up. Like you're a good dude. You have a lot of positive energy. Harness that energy and give it away, you know, but don't give it away where it hurts you. Keep enough to make sure you always have enough to fill your own cup. But I think any entrepreneur that hears this and is on this level, like I know by just talking to you that you're going to have massive success in your life. And do I know it's going to be from Gambinos? Most likely it's going to be one of the things. I'm not positive, but how do I know you're going to have success by the end of your life? Wealth, success is because you're never going to give up and failure doesn't matter to you. Yeah, an L, as we would say it, or a lock, however you want to look at it, it should just be a lesson learned. And um, it took me many years, you know, if I was restarting, I definitely didn't have the speed that I do now to kind of you know, reset the mindset, get back to where I need to be. It it took many years of spiritual training, however you want to look at it, but definitely focusing on just how, like you said, how I can trigger myself to, to get in the adrenaline rush to kind of refuel my fire, so on and so forth. Well, there are humans that fuel your energy and there are humans that only take from it. And there's a weird thing when you meet the right humans in your life, It's weird because you don't have to give it away. You're actually fueling each other and making each other brighter. And I, as an entrepreneur, this happens. Like, you know it when you have the right partners. And believe me, that's been very rare, if any, that I've actually felt this with. I've only maybe felt it once in my life, but I know it's there or maybe twice. And those are the entrepreneurs and really the relationships and and things that have done really well for me and are still around right now. And now I know to go after that energy, which is all the opportunities I'm going after now with a new life, just so everyone knows. Like I have more opportunities now in the four months where I've really focused on harnessing all the energy because I wasn't trying to be in business and I didn't have all the businesses and I didn't have 600 plus employees that I was freaking stressed out about all the time. And so I've been able to take a step back. And like I talk about second first, I'm having a lot of second first where I'm going through life and building at such a rapid rate. And doing it so quickly because I'm in the positive space. And 
there's a few individuals that I've learned to like harness in and focus on and communicate maybe with more than a weekly basis to feed that energy because I can tell that they get light from me and I get light from them and it beams brighter. And I've really, to your point, Brady, is it's taken me how long in my life to actually realize this, how spiritual it is. And I've been focusing on it for so long, but all of a sudden when everything else stopped and I thought, I was like, what is going on? I know life happens for me, but there's some bad stuff going on right now. And I don't know what's going on or what I'm going to do with my life now, but I know I'm an entrepreneur and I know I will find a way. I just got to keep moving. So that's what I did. Like didn't stop for one second, started my next journey, put my feet underneath me and started researching. How do I do deliveries? What's the delivery business look like? Okay. This is a real freaking deal here. There's, um, you know, DoorDash and Postmates, and this is a driver of business, and how is it changing the business landscape? Okay, and then I'm starting to get people, as I'm looking in that, a lot of people are starting to reach out to me. Hey, what happened to Justin Food Entrepreneurs? So how do I know you're going to be successful? I know you're not going to stop, and I know because I'm the same person. I know that the spiritual journey is part of it, and that energy and the laws of attraction, just so we're aware um, of what those are. Um, yeah. And that makes me, uh, kind of want to bring up a point. What I've learned is opportunity loves speed. So when, when an opportunity arises, go after it and just keep consistently pushing. And my kind of signs that I look for is kind of what you had mentioned is if you're going after an opportunity and you're on the right path, you just start stuff just keeps happening. Good things just keep happening. People come into your life, more opportunities, and it just kind of flows. And it's this snowball effect. And you just got to keep that snowball rolling down the hill. Absolutely. And, you know, on the personal relationship side, you know, I get a lot of questions about that because of the Centurion Leadership Podcast. And I live my life so, my heart so much on my sleeve. And I've lived my life so publicly. I didn't mean to. It just I feel like some, for some reason, the energy just comes out of me or in, in this function, like four, before four years ago, before I did the podcast, you would never caught me dead speaking in front of people. I hated that stuff thing, you know, and all of a sudden now I do it all the time. And like, it's like, I was meant to do it. I just didn't even know it. I was just getting my own personal, you know, fears in the way. And so maybe I'm still not the greatest, but I, I'm going to try to be knowing that I never will be, but I'm going to try. You know, and if I get there, great. If I don't, at least I made a difference along the way. And that's part of it. Um, But the personal relationships is a thing. This is what I want to talk about, everyone. I do a lot of coaching. Athletes, you know, and some musicians now. And um, entrepreneurs, obviously, of course. And then now I'm getting into the leadership space. And... um, and I'm trying to figure all this out. And as my life's changed and I have these different meetings plus do the pucks, one of the things I've noticed is there's a lot of people that get into their 40s and regret things they haven't done yet. You're not even close to dead yet and you've already regretted things. And it's just amazing to me that people don't follow the energy. And I have to admit that there's been times that I haven't myself because I've let a relationship get in my way. And that's truly what it is, guys. I've let the relationship become more important than my energy or my relationship with my spirituality. And that's the truth. And if that's what happens, that's not the right relationship 
just just saying okay if it becomes a distraction it's bad and so i will tell you this any young listeners and i will tell you even if you're 40s and you're taking second chances when you meet the right human that you are supposed to spend your life with or have children with okay and you don't take the opportunity and you regret it and you get into something that's comfortable you suffer for the rest of your life. And I don't know why I'm talking about this right now, but I feel the need to for some reason um, for any of the listeners. But I will tell you this. You have to chase that energy. If it's a chance meeting in an airport, if it's something that you just need to know that you had this connection and there's this energy and you're not sure why, and it's not just lust. It's not just, whoa, they're fucking hot. I want to, you know, bang them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real love, real energy, real something that's not just a passing acquaintance. Like we have these moments and if you don't pursue them, you regret them. And that's not only in our personal relationships, but it's our whole life. But I hear it mostly personally. And it's just, it's so sad to me because I get so much value out of the right energy with the right relationships. And if you pick the right ones that have the same common common visionary threads that you do for families and stuff, it's pretty amazing. And so, Brady, let's talk about um, what next steps are for you and your business. Um, You know, where are you trying to grow as a human? Because I think, you know, as an entrepreneur and anyone who's listening in, if anyone's looking into getting a business and they're not sure what they want to do, this dude's the dude to do it with and get one of these franchises because this is the way of the world. And if you're going to be led by someone leading your franchise, listen, you want someone who's creative, not putting everyone in the same uniform. Okay. You want someone who allows creativity, allows a little bit of rigidity, allows a little bit of pushing culture and a little bit of rebellion because that's important as an entrepreneur. If you get too stuck and you get too rigid and you get too big and you don't push, then whatever, you know what the consequences are. And I will tell you there are franchises out there right now that are becoming very rigid, especially today, very, very rigid and very, very, very inclusive. And then there's the ones who are like, oh, well, let's just do things differently and let's look at things differently and let's actually include another franchise and collaborate in our franchise. Look what I'm talking about, guys. So, Brady, um, what's the future hold for you? Yeah, so the the restaurant industry, really just the world, you know, it's it changes at such a rapid rate compared to how it used to and I just believe that businesses need to be a lot more fluid, open to change. And if they see an area that needs to change, again, speed, opportunity, um, that's what it likes. So with DoorDash, Grubhub, all of these delivery apps, I feel like that was a nice little kind of shook the restaurant industry up a little bit. Um, I guess I could say thank you, COVID, in a sense. Um, But, you know, takeout restaurants weren't really – a big thing. And now with all these delivery apps, I mean, you've got ghost kitchens. I mean, you have these big warehouses with 20 plus kitchens in them and, you know, people create a restaurant brand and it is solely for these delivery apps. And 
that might be kind of just off your stereotypical type of restaurant business model, but that that's huge for us and, and what we're doing now. So, you know, probably 50% of what we do is because of these delivery apps. It's a great form of marketing, <clears throat> so on and so forth. Um, as far as what the future holds with Gambinos, we right now are quote unquote, a private franchise, whether we'll go public, become this big monster. I don't know. I would love for it to become that. Um, so kind of how we've structured things right now is our private licenses are $25,000. Um, it includes all the branding, all of our secret recipes, the equipment list, the vendors. We're going to hold everybody's hands. Uh, we will pull an employee from our location or either Austin or myself will <clears throat> personally train them up um, because, you know, this is a be family run the whole family could just run the show it's a concept where you can get if you get some really good employees which that is one thing that both i think austin and myself has been our biggest learning curve is getting good people <clears throat> that is uh that's the hardest part for sure so if you can get some good people or if you have family and friends that want to do this thing with you um it's something that you can almost step away from and let this thing kind of operate on its own energy and and kind of do its thing after a few months um which is great yeah and i so, want to point this out real quick brady is one of the things that surprised me when i went to your place was the guy who was running it well he was doing it solo with all the takeout orders but he yep. had moved because he believed in what you were doing so much and he was a friend of yours i believe from arizona maybe but i'm not positive and um, yes. <clears throat> yep. and then this has happened to me. We just we did a podcast with Big Apple Bodega Food Truck, and he has the girl that works with him, uh, Kelsey. Um, she's a tattoo artist, really talented. Also, guys, really good energy. Someone I'm really talking about. Same with Brian and the food truck. But it's um, but she moved because she believed in what Brian and the entrepreneur was doing so much. Also, and she herself is now becoming entrepreneurial and doing her own thing with tattoos. So I like what you're saying, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but go on. No, you're good. Um, yeah. So involving like-minded people that kind of see the bigger picture, and and really, um, we we really like when we were sitting down creating the brand, we wanted to make sure we kind of had some culture behind it. We want to make sure people feel like they're a part of the family. Um, you know, we want to be able to kind of feed off them. They can feed off us, um, have open conversations about everything. Just make sure that this thing is, is oil and lubed up and running as efficiently as possible. And we do a really, really good job at just kind of all of us communicating. We have multiple group chats of just, you know, as far as inventory, customers, say we get a bad review, what happened? How can we prevent that from happening in the future? Um, because one thing that <clears throat> obviously we weren't as prepared for, but with this Grubhub, DoorDash, all these delivery apps, <clears throat> you can have an order sit under the uh, the warming lamp for 20 minutes. So, you know, we're doing pasta and garlic bread, say for just a simple order, that garlic bread can become a little soggy if it's sitting in the tinfoil too long or say the pasta becomes a little bit overcooked because obviously it's going to continue cooking after it gets packaged up. So there's a lot of a definitely a big learning curve as far as <clears throat> just making sure that our food is consistent. Um, the way that we look at attaining customers and lifelong customers is you really we get one shot. 
you know, we don't have 40 items on our menu to where, say, one person in the family was like, oh, yeah, I didn't really like the plate I got, but I'm going to try this next time. You know, they're going to come to our spot and really it's a you got one shot. So we really wanted to make sure that we do it right every single time. And I think uh, the whole team has done a really good job at just making sure that everything is dialed in, everything's coming out consistent and just, you know, we've got SOPs everywhere. So standard operating Love procedures. Love that. For, Love it. Nice. Keep for going. Opening, closing, you know, um, we've got it pretty dialed down where the opening shift is doing a lot more of the prep work. And our opening shift guy is the same guy, you know, Monday through Friday. So that right there helped us a ton with consistency as far as prepping our pasta, everything like that, um, <clears throat> so on and so forth. So, yeah, that's a little bit of that. Back to the private licensing and kind of how we plan on <clears throat> expanding this thing is um, the first five locations we'll be offering at a $25,000 licensing fee. After those five locations are open and operating, we are going to raise the licensing fee. Um, this concept would, I, th I believe that it would just stereotypical system and we don't need that so if you look up a food trailer excuse my friend bitch and food trailer for like 20 grand you take that hood system out of there that's five to seven thousand dollars off of that yeah and absolutely. then you know and then your cost is just the the equipment that you need inside of it which <clears throat> with uh the way that we kind of want to segue into the food truck avenue is we already have our brick and mortar location, right? So we can kind of do away with buying some of the ex more expensive equipment that we use and doing a lot more of the prep work inside our physical location and then taking that prepped food, transferring it into the food truck and, you know, kind of doing a, hey, we've got it until we sell out type scenario, which also uh, I feel it creates kind of it makes people want to come back we uh yeah the first weekend exactly. the first weekend we opened we actually sold out of pasta yeah so we had several people you guys are sold out but they were so eager to come back and try the place because it just gives them that sense of yo i gotta try it they sold out i missed the opportunity like i gotta go back to that place so we kind of want to take that you know marketing ploy or just the way that people's subconscious mind works uh, with the food truck thing. So that is probably going to be the next thing that we do. We're shooting for next summer to try to get a food truck rolling. Um, we do have a couple potential investors like uh, commercial developer, real estate guys that, uh, you know, a want to invest, help us expand and, and B actually have the properties to put these places in. So that would be awesome. Um, so right now one location, but we are hoping to continue to do this thing and, uh, say fast track a year, two years down the road. If we've got 10, 20 of these guys open and operating, whether that's, you know, personal company owned locations or private franchisees, um, I'm sure it is going to attract a bigger corporate Mongol that can see an even bigger picture and might want to take this thing nationwide. Um, so that's, that's the big picture and, and kind of the dream of everything. Um, we have a pretty, pretty crazy website that's under development right now to help with branding so people can order through our website and both inquire about, um, franchise opportunities. And 
that way we can get a little bit of information from them, kind of pre-approve them, and then, of course, hop on the phone call, just get down to the nitty-gritty. You guys plan on running it? Who's going to run the place? How much capital do you have? So on and so forth. And, you know, if this thing gets big enough, I would love to be able to buy the locations and then either, A, rent it to the franchisee or or sublease it or do a rent-to-own Um and then if it gets even bigger, if we can personally finance people to open these because we know the numbers, we know what the return is, um, it's somewhat of a safer investment for us. And um, yeah, as far as, say, choosing locations, you know, we <clears throat> man, we looked at several commercial locations. We're trying to figure out what city would be the best. And just now that we have that experience, we are more than happy to, you know, hold the individual's hand and help them find the best location that we believe would <clears throat> would benefit them the most. So that's that's what we want out of this thing. If anybody gets involved, we want them to succeed because obviously it's a win-win for us. Um, they're happy. Their location's doing well. They have an, a good investment. Um, it. Something about the restaurant industry, um, just being in the service industry, it feels good when people come in and order food and you see them, you know, coming in three times a week. I mean, it, it, you get joy out of it. Um, you know, they're going home happy. They're feeding the kids. And <clears throat> that's You're another area. A really essential solution, which is everyone loves spaghetti and they want cheap spaghetti food in their home but they don't yeah. necessarily want to cook it, but they want it for around the same price. And you guys do that. It's huge. And it tastes really, really good. Just so everyone knows, go on. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Everything on our menu is, <clears throat> is damn good. We have, we have thought outside the box and added a few things on the menu, which we are absolutely stoked about. We do these <clears throat> Hawaiian meatball sliders. They're delicious. They're on the sweet Hawaiian rolls. So we've added a little bit of a flair. It's not, you know, I'm not Italian, nor is Chip, nor is my father, but it was just something that made sense. And looking at the cost to go out and eat if you have a family, I mean, it's 20 bucks a person. So you're able to come here, you can feed five people. It's going to come out to 5 to $7 a person, and you are going to have leftovers. I mean, or you're going to be comatose and fall asleep right after. So... Yeah, it just, I love the concept, if you, if you can't tell, but I get a little pumped up when I start talking about it. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and, and Austin gets just as geeked up, so we, we've got a lot of, the, the team's fired up, the, the concept makes sense, it's proven, the numbers are there, the customers love it, so now it's really just keep this train rolling, and, and yeah, the next thing that we can do is either A, open our next location, which... We've got our eyes on a few spots. We just personally are trying to save up a little bit of money and then uh, and go from there. You're hardcore, and this is really important. I think that what you guys are doing, anyone who's interested in getting in this space or franchise space, you want a hardcore leader like this who's being creative, who's pushing the limits, who's doing what it is. And I normally wouldn't recommend it. And I have a lot of plugs that I do on the podcast, but this one's particularly important um, in that um, in that um, Austin and you have created something that is just so unique to me. And I think that anyone who wants to, to independent bring themselves independence and have some independence in the world financially 
and for their family or a family business, I agree this is the business for them. And in the ghost kitchens, which you mentioned too, that is something big I have gotten into more recently, especially like, you know, the ghost kitchens and the cloud kitchens. This is the space I'm heavily going into personally. So uh, what I'm saying is that if you're in the food entrepreneur space and you want to go out there, there's plenty of options and people are getting very um, tuned to that delivery food, things coming in their homes, the ease of it, trying to raise a family, trying to have both people working in a household, you know, especially if they're reaching for the sun and the stars, you need convenience. So these are the businesses you want to be in. And I want to talk about something else because I will talk about this podcast as a project as I did at the beginning. And what the podcast has done for me is a few things. And and here's one. One is, is the podcast allowed me to open up my mind to actually go into a group like the Arite Syndicate, which is an entrepreneur group, guys, that's pushing good all over the world. It was attractive to me. They were doing what Andy Fursell and Ed Milet do. Um, they are changing the world, and I believe in what they believe in as capitalists and entrepreneurs. It's, I was born with it and dreaming. So that's one. So Brady, if you ever wanted to go in, I would give you a recommendation if you wanted to apply. Okay, that's number one because I think you belong in there also. Okay. And it does cost some money and because it does uncap your potential and it has uncapped mine more than any mentor or any other people have ever done it on top of me just knowing how to uncap my own my whole life. But sometimes we need mentors that know how to uncap ours in ways we don't know how to uncap our own. And so both are pretty important. So in regards to this podcast, like you can see that I used, I've had co-hosts and I've, and I've done it different ways. And same with the Centurion Leadership Battalion as we relaunched that and what we're calling season two. And I have some really cool support there also guys. And I do that one for free also, just in case the question comes, because I believe we need more leadership in the world as well as more entrepreneurs, particularly in the food space, which is why I'm doing this. I'm trying to pollinate the world. And, um, is this is you really truly have to follow your own dreams and because i was in family businesses and expectations and there's some bad family legacy problems in there i allowed some of my own potential be capped by my environment and who i chose myself to be around until four months ago okay and even though I've always been that human and I've always had it inside of me, it's been like I'm a gorilla in a cage and I've been fighting. And especially towards the end, the more I try to grow, it was like the more everyone tried to lasso me back into it. And I realized the whole crab mentality thing, which I did a post on my Instagram. If anyone wants to go uh, read it about crab mentality. And so the thing is, is, we have to choose the right relationships. And I was choosing a lot of the right relationships that I was trying to get approval from. Okay. And as an entrepreneur, this is a tricky area because we're trying to get clients and customers and we're trying to get their approval because we want them to keep buying from us. So on one hand, it works for me, but in my personal life, when it came to the podcast, allowing people to make decisions for me or allow them to influence me, even though in my heart, I knew how to do the podcast because I figured it, I allowed myself to go in directions that I wouldn't normally gone in. And if you go to the last four months and as I've relaunched the podcast, oddly, I had 
we had massive success the first three years of the podcast, but I have never had anything that's been like the last 12 weeks or whatever and relaunching and doing it my way, staying true to who I am, not worrying about someone criticizing me or telling me how to do it. I just don't worry about it anymore. I change my energy and sometimes my energy gets too high guys. I get emotional. Um, but I've met some amazing people um, really over the last three months in ways that I can't even tell you that have changed my opportunities in life, changed who I am, um, and made me realize what these podcasts really mean and why I do them. Um, there was a lot of confusion because everyone was telling me to monetize it and telling me to go sell it and, you know, and, and offers and how many millions of dollars could be made. And let me talk to this person. They're offering you all this amount of money. And it just got, became such a clustered mess and it became so much greed. I almost feel like, like everyone trying to chase the money. So weirdly, when I took a step back and I'm like, Nope, no more. I don't need all of you to tell me I know what's true in my heart. I know my energy. I know what I've known since I've been a kid. And I know the type of relationships that I want and who I want them with in business and personally that I get to choose. And when I choose and I trace my own dreams, like I always know and I have, I just got in very clustered relationships. I would call it entangled. Over 24 years, I didn't know boundaries at 18 years old. Sorry, guys. I had to learn them later. So what happens to tie this whole thing around is I'm getting second first as an entrepreneur, as a human, in my personal relationships, in my friendships, in Jesus, in this podcast. Like, by the grace of God, really. Like, I have a calling to grow humans. And I was afraid because so many people criticized me as I was trying to figure out how to do it or when I would do it the wrong way that I didn't know how to do it and I was fearful. But now it's not there anymore. And like, Anyone who has children and anyone who's out there, like giving the gift of fearlessness like I have to get through this stuff, even though it took me a while to uncap it myself and for other people to help me uncap it in myself or in me, it's really important. And this has just been, I think this is as I've started letting the podcast and the energy dictate my life um, and actually listen to it and and what I'm saying, guys, it's hard to understand this and everyone's going to think I'm full of shit and I'm losing my mind. I get it. But what I'm going to say is this. And if you're a Christian person, it's really aligning your will with God's will. Everyone talks about following God's will and letting loose. It's not true. Okay. And I'm sorry. I'm going to, people are going to get pissed. I am a very, I believe in God. Okay. That I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in the energy and everything that God has created. And that's what connects us. That's how we can feel whether it's bad or good. That's why animals can smell it like bees and dogs. Okay. So going to my point is that I feel that when we harness this and when we're in the right relationships, our lights get brighter and we become closer to finding our purpose or bringing goodness into this world and positivity. And when we surround ourselves with the wrong one and we don't get out or we don't have the strength or the fear to get out, we really do huge damage to ourselves. And as to my point, Brady, you're an incredible human, dude. And, um, 
and you have grown me just as much as I hope I've grown you on this podcast. And, um, I want you to succeed, dude. Like I'm really, you've got a fan here. I'm cheering for you. I cheer for a lot of people. Um, because I believe that I want, I want success. I want the world to be a better place. I believe entrepreneurs, particularly in food, since everyone has to eat are the way to do it. And we shouldn't cheat it guys. We shouldn't scientifically produce our food. We should really produce it and enjoy it and have experiences and encourage people to have businesses and be entrepreneurs. And, um, is there anything else you want to leave us with Brady before I tie us up? I'm, I wish I had more um, time with you. We're going to have to do a part three, actually, um, sometime. Yeah, I, I would love to. I could talk for hours with you, man. Um, I definitely want to say thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. Right back at you, man. Um, for anybody listening, me and him have not spoken before this podcast. This is our first time on the phone together. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you can, you guys can probably hear that. You know, our energies align. Things are good. Um, our couple stories things I do want to add. We, we yeah, I know that very you're not alone and I'm not alone right now. There's that energy there. And I don't know how I know. I just know. Totally. And, um, you know, I can't thank my parents enough. I was definitely, you know, I was raised, raised Christian and, and really what they instilled in me was just kind of the golden rules, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. That was like their main thing that they just buried in my head. And, uh, ultimately what you put in, put out is what you get back so you know if you're putting out a bunch of negative you're gonna get a bunch of negative in your life if you try to just be positive you know lift people up you know feed them some of your energy as long as they're not sucking it all out of you you get that right back in return um one thing i do want to add people are probably questioning both myself and chip are um but you know chip is a go-getter the dude saw an opportunity in Colorado when he opened his retail store that there was no uh, nobody else selling pro scooters and there was a big demand for it and that was kind of a shift in the whole skating world as everyone rode skateboards and rollerblades and then these pro scooters were just kind of popped on the scene and, and really took off and he saw an opportunity in Colorado and, and went after it you know so those were things that I looked at in him as far as partnering with him um, and then, you know, people might be questioning, oh, these young guys are going to franchise this thing. Do they know what the hell they're doing? Um, so as I mentioned, when I was in California and then there was a, an investment opportunity that came up that ended up being a job opportunity as well. It was a startup company in the mental health industry doing bio and neurofeedback for, you know, helping with PTSD, childhood trauma, stuff of that nature. And, you know... Um, they were all private franchises. They did private franchise licenses. So, um, I learned a lot from the gentleman that <clears throat> kind of ran the back, the back end of that business. Um, one of which I'm going to name drop him. You guys can look him up. Michael Southworth. Um, he's an inventor an entrepreneur, just a really badass dude. I mean, he rides motorcycles, goes to the sand dunes. He actually invented the dune board like the snowboard um so again that just kind of ties back into if there's an opportunity go after go after it because regardless of whether it's 
successful and you can't just think of it financially successful is you're going to be around new people that have a new perspective on life or maybe they're three times as old of you as old as you and just a little bit more wisdom because they've lived more life and you can just learn a lot from those people so i am so thankful for the 24 different jobs i've had and the multiple different industries i've worked in i truly believe that they have all led up to this um and that's just kind of the way that i view work and and all of that stuff so again everything will just just kind of align perfectly with this opportunity and there's no no stopping this train now cool and i want to just tie that into what i was saying before and i didn't close the this particular comment which is like when i'm talking about will and aligning energy and not fighting it and following it and not regretting it guys if like you met someone somewhere and they were somewhere or you had an opportunity as a kid, you got, you need to chase that opportunity or business. You will regret it in your life if you don't because you don't get yes. that energy. Feeling that energy from people and capitalizing on it and let them know that you feel that energy and how important they are to you, Like that's an instant connection. And you don't have the same energy with everyone and not everyone gives off the same energy. So it's important that you surround yourself by that energy. That's what I'm talking about when I align my will with God's will. Like I have my dreams and I have my goals, but I also understand how God's will plays into that picture. And sometimes it's total transformation. Okay. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay for all of us. It's okay to totally change who you are to be who you're meant to be. You know, at least start on the journey. And you've taught me a lot, uh, Brady, and you've really focused me on what it takes in this world, right? And it's it's really cool that I got to have this conversation on a podcast because I have a lot of this conversation in my other parts of my life. Like, positivity and, and coaching people and and making sure the athletes that are in my life are are constantly mentally picture winning those podiums and and okay well you've been thinking about it every day one's just not going to be enough so you better start thinking about two now before you even get to one right and that's the important yeah. part of a dreamer is the important part of a dreamer is we can create the reality in the future in our heads like it exists even though it doesn't and some people would call that craziness and you're right if untuned if unused you could probably use it in the wrong ways but if you focus on it and you create the reality and it becomes part of your normality like a vision board that's why they use them because you're picturing it every yep. day so it becomes normal so it's not far away anymore it's just something that's part of your life and it will come into your life and it's that too. You know, if you want children, yeah, you know, focus on, you know, what is it going to be to find the woman that's going to provide you with children that you want? You know, like you really can hone in on that. You can also hone in on being an entrepreneur at the same time, you know, and, and one of the things I also liked about Brady and why I want him back on and we'll talk about this next time is it's the ref there's a term called renaissance man and i don't know if it's a modern term we learned it when i was in school but i went to a pretty like school that taught the classics and philosophy and ancient greek so we could read the bible and ancient scripts in the way they were intended to be read and not interpret them with translation and so on and so forth so what happened um i forgot my point but uh but because i jumped but I'm going to jump to the next point is that 
in doing so, you realize what the intent is. And the intent of aligning your will with God's will is that if you follow the right energy, that is your path. And if you continue to follow the energy and you continue to grow the humans around you, like ancient scripture says, like everyone says, and and really champion love and champion the mother of your children if if you're a male and champion the father of your children if, if you're a woman and champion your relationships, even if they're step relationships, championing those step parents if they're playing valuable roles in mentoring, you know, so... Doing that is what makes us successful. And following that energy and not following it is what leads to regret or not regret. And for me, you know, everyone has different gods and and religions across the world and, and on this podcast listening and especially. But for me and how I found it is I've really, especially over the last four months, I've been working on it like since I've been 30, by the way, really tuning in this aligning my will with God's will and the energy around me. But over the last four months, I've really focused on what it means and what it means for my purpose and what it means for the world around me. And so, again, it sounds crazy, but it's not. And if you truly know the feelings that I'm talking about, it could be just a moment and there was an energy rush like someone lit you up. Okay, you don't know why it just happens. Some people call it like a moment. Some people call it love at first sight. You know, there's a lot of terms and we can confuse them by trying to put them into reality. But it's actually about an energy. And when we have the right energies amongst us, it's what leads to team victories. It's what leads to good businesses. It's what led Austin and Brady to come together in the first place was their energy and the things they were emitting in the universe and their willingness to be entrepreneurs. So thank you everyone for listening. And Brady, can you tell us where they could find you guys online and on Instagram and you personally? Yeah. Um, so Instagram is going to just be my first and last name with an underscore separating it. So it's going to be B-R-A-D-Y underscore Osterman O-S-T-E-R-M-A-N um, that is definitely where I'm the most active just being that that's kind of what I grew up with with my age and demographic and I good stuff um, I do have a Facebook again first name Brady Osterman um, if you guys want to reach out to me <clears throat> Instagram is probably going to be the best bet um, just that I'm more active on that Awesome. And everyone in the audience, uh, please share this for entrepreneurs out there and food entrepreneurs, because I'm going to do one last finishing comment, which was where I was going to tie in before, which I forgot before I I remember now, which I want to talk to everyone about one last thing. And Brady really has reminded me of this. And it's been something that, again, has been reminded of me through my my circles and the people I'm being, you know, my influence of entrepreneurs at Arite who I'm growing with positivity with also is that as food entrepreneurs, we are literally the infantry in the front lines of entrepreneurism. There are more of us in troops and in garrisons fighting the entrepreneurial battle than anywhere else in any other sector. While we have these big businesses like Amazon and they employ a lot of people, there are not a lot of entrepreneurs creating freedom, liberty, and creativity and dreaming. Okay, So in the food space, we outnumber, food out- entrepreneurs outnumber every other type of entrepreneur, period. 
Okay, that's why it's so important that I do this podcast. That's why it's so important that I tell everyone about liberty and freedom and fighting for the American dream or any type of freedom type dream for humans where they can go make their own living and make their own way and make sure their families have their own core values and morals and ethics. I probably just got deleted and it's like six countries at least by saying this. Oh, well. So the thing about it is this, because I'm not tied to the outcome, guys. I'm tied to the legacy. I'm not tied to the immediate outcome. I'm tied to the legacy, just to make a point. And we have to fight this battle in food. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that don't realize this in a lot of different spaces. And they may be in smaller amounts of spaces, but all of them have the same mission too, right? Part of being an entrepreneur and being able to be an entrepreneur is the freedoms and liberties and stuff that allow us to be individuals that allow to creativity, dreaming, and allow us to be couple bubbles in our families where I have individuality, my person has individuality, but we also have our common threads that we do, like our family, our children, our business, if we have businesses together. I usually think it's a little bit easier, even in my own case now, I'm going to just straight up say it, where each has their own passion and desire, and you share raising the family and maybe a business also, but there's also separate businesses. Anyway, that's my recommendation. But from the food fight, which I'll call it, I want everyone to listen in who's in food, and I hope everyone's spreading this and everyone's passing it on to other food entrepreneurs. You will find immense purpose and immense success by detaching from the financial part and attaching to what Brady sort of talked about, which is the good fight, the always wanting to be successful, only getting one chance in this world, wanting everyone around him to grow and be better also because he wants himself to be that. So, of course, he wants that for everyone else. That's purity, guys. That's If you're Christian, that's what gets you to heaven, by the way. It's not whether you're a good person. It's purity. Okay? You can go translate it back. You'll hear that I'm right on this one. Purity is what gets us to heaven. If you're a Christian, purity is what leads to happiness and a good life. Purity is chasing what's true to us and growing the humans and the animals and the world around us. Okay? Which means this, we have to oversee that stuff, especially as feud entrepreneurs. We're in the front lines, and here's what I'm saying. We're overseeing the animals, the plants, the transportation, the clients. We have more touch to humans than any other business. And we have more chance to make impact and influence than any other business. From the animals, to the plants, to the environment, to whatever. It's our choice how we do it, guys. It's our choice. But I will tell you for me, I'm going to fight because anything worth waiting for is also worth fighting for. And so when it comes to that energy, don't wait for it. Go fight for it because you think that I'm waiting for that energy and maybe I'll have it with this person that I'm with right now. You're not going to ever have it. It's not just all of a sudden going to spark out of nowhere. And I get it. The therapist, they can kind of create the magic. No, the magic's there based on the energy, based on the human you were meant to be and you were born to be. So not many people figure this out. But if you know who you were born to be from the moment you were born, you really figure out whether it's a painter or an artist or a singer. It's huge. And in my case, it's an entrepreneur. And in the entrepreneur case, as so many other entrepreneurs' case, we're all born to be warriors. Sorry. It's part of the deal. Otherwise, big corporations come in, big outside governments, as we talked about, come in, and they squash entrepreneurism. 
So thank you everyone for listening in. Share the love. I know I probably <laughs> scared a lot of people off, but it is the truth. Um, we influence and impact more employees, if you want to call them that, team members, more humans than any other business as entrepreneurs. So Brady, we're going to do this again because I got a lot more questions for you. And I didn't even actually touch on the ones I had planned before I even met you. So, um, good deal. I would love to. And thank you everyone who has listened. Uh, we would, all of us would greatly appreciate you guys sharing it and putting it out into the world because obviously there's some people that would benefit from hearing this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You're a really good dude. You keep spreading that positivity and letting your light beam out, dude. I love it. Thank Thank you. You as well. Cool. Adios, everyone.